The QPR podcast is sponsored by Florally Yours. Based outside Harrow-on-the-Hill train station and run by Kerry, a QPR fan, they can supply everything you need in the way of fresh flowers and plants for every occasion. QPR, QPR, Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. I am joined by three other QPR fans. My esteemed colleague, Christopher, to my right, is of the Charles variety. Hello, Chris. Hello, David. Uh, to his right, I don't know why I go, down, go around in this order explaining who's on whose right, who's left, because you can't hear it. On his right, though, is a fellow known to many of you as the voice of Funky Flowers in Barnet. Back to us, he's Paul Finney. Oh, not back to the floors, things. All right, actually, I, I did that last week and I did it wrong. I said to be right, it was to be left. But I'm dyslexic. Did I make, oh, bingo. Had you been watching the oh, Chuckle oh, Brothers oh, that day? What? One. And we also have what, what, what? Um, ITV, <laughs> ITV Sports, yes. Chris Mendes. Hello. Hello, how are you? You got introduced. You got funky flowers, and you just got Christopher. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. Um, of, of the Charles the, variety. There's, yeah. there's good news and bad news. None of the good news applies to our listeners, but does apply to us. First of all, we have biscuits here because the says good news. The place where and and mini eggs. The place where we record, which we've never given a plug to, so we should really, is Huckle Tree, which is a co-working space in Farringdon. They've left us a whole plate of biscuits and mini eggs. That's a hit mob next week. Yeah, they've <laughs> <laughs> they've left they've left us a whole plate of biscuits, which is very nice. And also, Gabe, our engineer, it's his birthday this week. If they could leave some gluten-free ones, that'd be nice. Oh yeah, Finney can't have any of the biscuits. There you go, bingo. Call bingo, us, that's bingo. The, that's the second one. <laughs> happy twenty um, fifth. Happy birthday to Gabe. He's twenty fourth, and it was last week. But yeah, are you oh, really only twenty four? <laughs> Yeah. You had some mm, friggin' pimmer around, boy, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, his dad, for his birthday, bought him a microphone, which is sitting in front of me now. It's very it, nice of your dad. It it's very fancy. Right, right? It's, it's like it, an old 1950s his dad sit in front of you. New York no. musical microphone, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. No? It suits your dress sense. So the bad area. news is we lost in the cup. Uh. Um, just before that thanks for listening you can follow us on twitter at QPR pod uh, find us on facebook search for the new QPR podcast which we should probably just change to the QPR podcast I think or open all ours or open all ours um, go to our website if you want to listen to any old episodes or subscribe to us on iTunes that is qprpod.co.uk right yet another FA Cup loss yet another loss at the city ground Yep. Finney, yep. you were in attendance, not connected necessarily with the defeat, but you were there. Blame me anyway, I don't care. I th- see, I think people have been missing the point that's been made. I had no problem with the changes and playing all the young dudes. Um, hey, there's one. Yeah, I, I did wonder what happened to the young American, though. Yeah, he didn't yeah. play. But anyway, I didn't have a problem with that. It just seemed to me that, you know, it was aside thrown together at the last minute and just with no game plan and told run out there and trying to keep the score down because Forest were absolutely dire they were shocking they, they, their goal was was ridiculous and um, you can't blame Lumley for that at all he just your man just came in and no one went tracked him back and he, he got the goal and if he hadn't got it somebody else would have done and they kind of scored the goal they didn't even bother parking the bus or the coach or whatever they call it these days they just were awful and didn't play that well and we just didn't take it they, the keeper made one save from a header from Angela um, 
Yeah, which I'm not even sure was going in. It was it was close, but I'm not sure it was, you know. And we didn't test him. And I think playing a half-fit Mackie by himself with no one to help him was a bit short-sighted. But just, as I say, my problem was, again, we have treated the FA Cup with contempt, um, gone up there, threw a team together, which wasn't a bad... I mean, How do you mean we've treated it with contempt? Because like we've done for the last 20 years or whatever, just go out. Do you just, mean with the team that we select or the attitude once they're on the pitch? I think it's the attitude. The manager said it was unwelcome. When you call something unwelcome... Then the that, FA Cup. Yeah, then I'm not sure what vibe that gives out to the rest of the team, but I'm pretty sure it's a negative one. Am I being harsh? See, I don't, I don't, get, no. I don't I, get describing the FA Cup as that, whether you're QPR, Tottenham. Basically, if you're anyone outside of the top four, what are you doing treating the FA Cup well, with I'd, contempt? I'd what else do you think you're going to win, ever? Sorry. I totally agree with Finney, sorry. Um, uh, That's a first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying, saying the FA Cup is unwelcome, which I think he said in a press conference, so he said it to the world, basically. Just uh, immediately, the, the shoulders go down. You think, well, the, the fans think, well, here we go again. The players think, well, we obviously haven't got much chance. Um, and I, I think, OK, if you're in the middle of a relegation scrap or you're challenging for the title, you know, you can be excused for maybe resting a few and playing a weakened team. But, I mean, let's face it, we're not going up this season. The chances are we're not going to go down. And he hasn't had a win in six games. Seven. Well, seven now, but it was six before that game. And, and, and surely any sort of win in any sort of competition is going to breed a bit of confidence. But surely that's the idea, is that we're not going to go up, we're not going to go down, so a cup run... It wasn't what you were saying last week, and yes, I do listen to the podcast the week, so I don't do it. You were, trying, you were asking everyone, are we in danger of going down? That's what you were saying. I'm ignoring Paul. the obvious that we possibly could go down. If we, if, cause I don't want to think about it, because I don't think the club can take a relegation. There's a, there's a, there's a myth in, in Twitter that thinks if we go down, we can become like the class of Holloway and Bircham and Gallon again. That won't happen, we'll just be liquidated. People have got to realise that going down would be an absolute disaster for QPR. So I don't want to even think about going down. Chris, I, I agree that it was a. I didn't like the comment saying it was unwelcome, but maybe maybe it's just got bad memories for Hasselbank because he lost the final of the FA Cup when he was at Chelsea, and he lost the final again when he was at Cardiff. So maybe it just doesn't like the competition. But then why? Is, I mean, what I don't what I don't get. I mean, Doherty, I get playing because obviously linked to his father and everything else. It's very emotional and, and fair. I get, I get that, and it's, he played well actually. And you can't really say we disgraced ourselves because we didn't get hammered. But we didn't exactly cover ourselves in glory either. We went, we, we kind of just, like we always do with the League Cup and the FA Cup, we kind of sneak out the back door really and just let everyone get on with it and we have to watch everyone else go forward every year after year after year after year after year after year. And we get to get dragged around the shops on the third Saturday in January every year with the other half because QPR are not playing that afternoon. But I don't get, you know, yeah. like I said, I mean, it's nice to see Gladwin, people get a run out, but there is no... It's all right making a few changes, but just to throw everybody together, Clint Hill, get a left back. I mean, the thing is, why does Leroy Fur need a rest? I mean, he hasn't done anything for about mm. four games. I guess he just wanted to see, like, put Hill at left back just to see them in a competitive match because the team hasn't, haven't been winning in six games. He's like, I just want to see as many different permutations as possible. Idea. Why don't you play the young lad at left back, uh, so young, play him, play Hill in the middle, and where he's better adjusted yeah. he, he was get, he was much when Hill came in the middle he did much better when he was on that flank he was getting destroyed well that's been the story of his career of to, be, to be fair this podcast did discuss last week leaving Konchesky out because he's played quite a long most they, of the what, season and he's 34, 35 years old what has Suk Young done wrong 
Not to get. I don't to know. Get is he fit? He never seems to be totally fit. Chris is eating one of the biscuits. That's fine. That's fine. Our listeners will understand. We've got some free biscuits, chocolate chip cookies, and shortbread. Some and we're eating them. Discrimination against the um, Okay. Well, we could continue the post mortem into a cup defeat. However, why don't we cheer ourselves up with a cup? Um, a, a positive cup story. Now we are not going through the Allen family, honest, honest, Gov. Uh, but last week we had Bradley, um, and this week we have his older brother who has shared cup success with Queens Park Rangers. Something not very many of us have had any experience of. So hopefully, on the end of the phone is the one and only Clive Allen. Hi, Clive. It's Chris. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yep, um, not so good uh, after the uh, weekend, but sort of getting used to it now in the FA Cup. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's why we're talking to you. We want to talk about happier times in the FA Cup. So, I mean, where better place to start than that uh, cup run? Well, yes, it was. Um, it, it, was a, it was an amazing, uh, you know, run of results. Really, we we started off. We we people thought obviously we had a little bit of an advantage with the with the plastic pitch we were playing on at the time, but um, it went well. We had good results the team was growing in confidence obviously um, although we were in division two at the time and uh, it started really well so um, we were all excited about it I have to say so what was that I mean obviously final itself was uh, was bittersweet for you um, but it, it, and the goal at West Brom uh, you know at Highbury against West Brom uh, sticks out is that the, was that the highlight for you um, I think always, um, you know, to win a semi-final, it doesn't matter how you play or how, you know, what res- how you achieve your results to get through. The one that, that I, you know, remember fondly is the quarter-final against Crystal Palace, obviously, oh, yeah. having, having come back to QPR from Palace. Um, and I managed to score with, I think it was about 10 minutes to go, if, if I remember. And um, I sort of over-egged the celebrations, got yeah. in a bit of trouble about it. But um, it was... Then I think once we got through that game, um, and obviously you've got a semi-final approaching, that you feel, yeah, maybe maybe we have a chance this year. Obviously we drew West Brom, who uh, were a first division side, a very good side with some excellent players, um, and then the tie was was played at um, Highbury. So all I can remember about the goal is that um, I was I was closing it down on the edge of the box and. Um, big centre half tried to clear it for a throw, and I couldn't believe that he wasn't going to knock it out or away. But um, I stuck out a right leg and it hit me flush on my kneecap, absolutely mm. thundered off my kneecap and it just bulleted into the bottom corner. Of course, Rangers supporters of that end, we went crazy and literally we did hold on for the last, I don't know how many minutes, it seemed like a decade, but it was a, a number of minutes and we, we I, I just think it was just one of those memorable moments in a career really because um, it couldn't quite believe that was actually going to go to a cup final and, 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 and with QPR as well. Can I, can I just take you back to that um, Crystal Palace goal, if you don't mind, Clive? Um, yeah. Have you watched it on YouTube at all? Uh, no, I haven't. I'll be honest, I haven't. You should. Uh, you really, really should. It is the best goal celebration ever. I mean, you just absolutely... I think there's a lot of um, anxiety came out with that goal, I think. It was yeah, brilliant. yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot came out. I have to say because um, I, I'd had a difficult year at, at Palace the season before, um, and um, I, I think I went there as a, obviously as an eighteen-year-old, but then I returned back home as as I've always called 
you know, QPR was my home. Um, under the guidance of Terry Venables, who I worked with for, I think it was about three months at Palace. Um, and I, I always thought I, I, it was a massive growing up period for me, the, the year at Palace. But then to draw them in the quarterfinal of the Cup and, win, and score the winning goal, I did literally go crazy. I can remember it vividly. I went absolutely bonkers. You've got to watch it, Clive. Um, Please watch it. It's brilliant. It cheered me right up after the weekend, I can tell you. Well, got, I got in some serious trouble about it because there was some, there was a, a few problems after the game with, um, you know, a sort of riot. And um, I, I did get in some, some trouble with the, really? the, the local constabulary, yeah, which, which was... Um, which obviously they they couldn't press any charges as such, but it was uh, <laughs> you know what I wasn't worried. I was on my way to Wembley, so it was absolutely <laughs> uh, amazing. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, yeah, I was just going to say with that, you obviously this is sort of current trend these days is uh, not to celebrate against a former club, but clearly that wasn't uh, the case in the old days. No, no, I always I always celebrate. Luckily, and, and I do say luckily, whenever I played against my former clubs, I was able to score. Um, and I always celebrated. I celebrated for the obviously for the fans that I was playing for. Um, and in a way, it was you know sticking two fingers up at the, at the team that had let me go. So um, it, it never it never troubled me in, in celebrating against a, a former club. Now, I mean, obviously QPR. You said earlier on in your blood, um, your, your dad played in the um, in the '67 Cup final. Um, what age did you first go along to Loftus Road as a fan? Well, my grandfather used to used to take me when when my father was playing. So, I I was at the um, League Cup final. I went as a as a six year old with a family. I um, I actually fell asleep in the first half with QPR two 0 down. <laughs> I had, We've all been I there. Had ton- <laughs> I had tonsillitis and woke up to find that it was two all going into extra time, and then obviously um, won the cup, which was amazing. And then I had the great pleasure of drinking orange squash out of the League Cup later oh, that evening. Oh, brilliant. So <laughs> that is brilliant. It was, it was absolutely memorable. Wow. Um, I then spent, I spent um, many, many a day at the, at the ground, at the training ground, when Dad was player coach. Uh, Christmas Day, my new QPR kit, kicking around on the pitch with Rodney Marshall. I remember that vividly. I was, I was about, I think I was about nine, nine, ten years of age. And then obviously um, signing, signing as a, as a schoolboy and then apprentice, and then my first pro contract at seventeen. When Mr. Gregory, the chairman, who, who we all know, who was a, a fantastic man, um, pulled out a piece of paper from the top drawer of his desk, which I'd signed when I was a six-year-old, and Dad was manager, and uh, said, "I told you, son, you were going to sign a professional contract for us one day." He <laughs> no. kept it. He kept it. He kept it for many, many years. So. So, um, so uh, it was uh, great. It was a sec- It was my second home. That's how I describe it. It was. It was my second home, and I grew up there. But just so, as a six-year-old, what, what, so how did this come about? This contract? Did Jim hand you a bit of paper? I was kicking around on the pitch after a game. I remember it was actually. I was a little bit older. It was um, in, in. I was nine. It was nineteen seventy. Dad had played. He was player coach, and Jim Gregory came out onto the balcony of the, of the uh, director's box, and I, I had a. I had, short, I had short, shorts on and a jacket, all dressed up because obviously I was the, the manager's son. But I was running around on Loftus Road with the ball, and he called down and said to me, "Hey, you, come up." And I went up to his office. He said, "I want you to sign this little bit of paper." And I was like a nine-year-old, ten-year-old. I didn't know what he was talking about. So I said, "Yeah, of course, of course, Mister Gregory." 
and he, he produced that piece of paper the day I signed my pro contract. Mm. So I was destined. I was destined to to be a QPR player. I, I've always felt. Can, can I can I ask a quick after Clive? I'm sure you were our, our cup run in the last um, two decades has been nothing but a dismal, um, including losing to a car plant. Um, can I ask you, as a QPR player who went to Wembley and wore that wonderful, iconic tracksuit on the pitch, what was that day like yeah. as a player? Because I, I, I'm not sure a QPR player will ever do it again in an FA Cup final, to be perfectly honest with you, but what was it like for you guys? Well, well it, it was unbelievable, I have to say, because I, I turned 21 on the Thursday just before the Cup final, and uh, Terry allowed me to, to come back to, to home um, to a, a party that the family had put on. And obviously that whole week is always a build-up, or was then. The FA Cup was the only game, the last game of the season, the big game of the season. So all that build-up had been taking place. It had been press things, songs, whatever, photo shoots, loads of things. And then on, on the actual day, I remember we was in the Royal Lancaster, went from there to Wembley. And unbeknown to me, they actually, um, as I walked onto the pitch, as you do, to go out and, and, um, and have your look round, the the, uh, the TV caught me and, and they actually hooked me up to my dad who was on the family coach coming from Essex, uh, which I had no idea was going to happen. And obviously dad was, was, you know, giving me a few tips and enjoy it and all that. And I've got to say, it completely took took me by surprise. And in a way, I think maybe it just just distracted my, my, my focus because I remember going back into the dressing room and Terry Venable said to me, yeah, okay. I said, yeah. I said, um, like, I've just spoke to dad and ironically, Dad had signed uh, Terry Venables to QPR from Spurs. And he, uh, he said, what do you say? So I said, well, you know, normal sort of thing. Enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. He said, well, that's all right. Just, you know, get yourself ready and, you know, here we go. But I have to say, I was a little bit disorientated because I, I just didn't expect it. It wasn't in the plan or it wasn't as I thought the, the preparation for the game was going to go. But, um, no, it was... Apart, apart from turning my ankle after five minutes, it was a, an amazing experience. Yeah, I mean that's a big, big but, isn't it? Um, and uh, it was, it was such a shame for for all the fans, not least yourself. Yeah, it was. I, um, I, I you know, I got to half time, um, and we we played well. We were playing Spurs, who were obviously big favourites to win the game. Um, and I went in at half time, and that was one of the few places then that had a, an X-ray. Uh, unit that x-rayed the ankle which was you know 10 times the size it should have been um, and the physio had said to Terry look he, he, he can't carry on and I just said look strap me up I'm going out and I was a passenger unfortunately I was hobbling um, I thought I could have got away with it but obviously I didn't I broke the capsule in the ankle ligament damage whatever um, and then was substituted just after half time but um, the lads were brilliant they were they were incredible in the first game I thought were very unlucky um, obviously, it was always going to be difficult to, to take that Spurs side on the second time, which was on the Thursday night. And I was in pot, I was in plaster. I couldn't uh, obviously participate, but um, was there with the guys. And again, I thought they, you know, give a great account of themselves and, and were unfortunate over the two games. There's a, there was there was me in, in Belfast, Clive. I've got to tell you this. So, I, and um, that was the first time I'd seen QPR live on TV. Um, right. was the FA Cup final and the Thursday night and honestly everyone in my school knew then who QPR were before that being a QPR fan so far away no one had a clue who we were so God knows what it was like in West London but there's a little bit in Whitehead Northern Ireland which was very excited and um, thank you so much for getting 
dreams do come true for kids. That's all I can say. Oh, that's <laughs> that's a pleasure. I know we've always had uh, fantastic support uh, from Ireland, and I know that I've actually visited with QPR as a club when uh, when I was a very young QPR fan. Tommy Doherty was in charge, so um, I know we've had some great support from there over the years. It really has been uh, it really has been fantastic. So um, I'm glad I'm glad we bought. Uh, we we brought that to to Ireland and, and the support's been a, a magnificent ever since. Clive, as as a um, former player who played a lot of games uh, for for the club in the early eighties, and a fan and as someone whose family is immersed in the club, what do you make of the club now? And how have things changed since since those days? From what you can see. Well, I have to say it saddens me the, the, the position the club's in first and foremost, and then um, obviously the um, I think that the, the, the turmoil that it's been in in the last couple of years with promotion, relegation, and um, and now now the position it finds itself in, um, I think it, it, I think it should be a Premier League football club because I think it's always had the right ethics and, and ideals and the way about the games played. I think always develop very, very good young players and given them the opportunity. I know that, you know, the game moves forward. I, I do understand that. But I just think the uh, the location, the, the, the fantastic hardcore support that it's always had, um, although it's not been as, as, as big as some of the other London clubs, it's always been, I think, if, you're, if you've been a QPR fan from a, from a young age, you, you'll always be a QPR fan and I go, I travel the world and wherever I go, I'll always bump into a QPR fan, which is just quite amazing. So um, I'd love to see it change. It might well need major investment. Um, I wouldn't like to see the the, 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 the club move from Loftus Road because I think it's an iconic stadium, which um, over the years obviously has stood still a little in, in terms of, of the modern stadium that's gone on. But I just think it's... I know playing against... Um, Many many players over the years they all love to come and play at Loftus Road. I think mm. because of the the nature of the stadium, the intensity, and the the, the, the great noise that, that um, is generated there. So I do hope that um, things turn and, and pick up. Now, how that will happen at this moment in time, I really don't know. Well, Clive, um, you you've got uh, as well as QPR. You, everybody knows you have very strong links with Tottenham and and. Um, our management, of course, our recent management team of Les Ferdinand and Chris Ramsey um, worked together there with you, I believe. So That's hopefully right. you, you've got quite a good insight on them and Les in particular. Do you think that Les Ferdinand in his role at QPR can deliver that change that the club needs? I'd like to think so because I know, obviously, Les is, is very, very passionate about um, Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, you know, it's a club that give, gave him his opportunity and, and he took that so well. He, iconic figure for, for the football club. Now, I think the role he's in now is a very difficult one for him. Um, now, whether that be because of, I would say, a lack of experience in that particular uh, role, but uh, it's a difficult one. And then, I think, obviously, the managerial changes haven't helped. Um, the, the, the financial fluctuations, I think, have been so dramatic that um, it, it, it really needs, a, I, I think, maybe a little time of stability um, and, and a restructure in, in, in exactly what the, the policy of the club is, um, whether it is going to be, for example, signing ageing players who are at the end of their career or, or making a, a distinct effort to produce homegrown or, or investing in young, 
up and coming uh, talent, which again is not difficult to, it's not easy to do. Um, but I do think that's the way forward. I know, you know, there's no doubt that, that Les's heart is in the right place. Um, but I think there, need, there needs to be there needs to be changes, and, it, and, it, and I'm sure I'm sure restructuring, which will have to happen for it to, to take off again. Um, now on, on to this transfer window is one that's going to be um, always they're always quite lively for QPR and QPR fans. We have a striker who's got something like a goal every other game. As a former QPR striker who got who scored pretty much around the same ratio. Do you think the club should hold on to Charlie Austin in this window, or as his contract is running down, um, take the money and run? Well, I think unfortunately, what happens, and, and, and with the nature of the transfer window now, um, and players who can can let their contracts run out, um, I think the QPR will, will, will have to sell him because I think that again that has to be a major decision where um, they sell him for the right amount of money to benefit the club in terms of being able to reinvest that and, and, and bring in new players. Um, you know, I think Charlie's done fantastically well. I like him. I met him. I think he's a, he, he's a, he's a natural goal scorer. Um, and I think he's even showed that this season, you know, although there, it's been pretty much common knowledge as to where he is with his, with his contracts and what's happening with it, that the club would be prepared to sell him if they got the right sort of money. But he still performed and scored goals, which is, I think, full credit to him. But I do think the club will get to a point where, and I would in this window, I would sell Charlie. Um, Clive, arguably, arguably QPR's best player this season, um, especially in recent weeks, has been Grant Hall, who came through at Spurs. Um, it must um, please you to see that um, with your strong li- um, ties to Spurs. And, and is that sort of someone that you could see going on to being a really good player for QPR? Yeah, I think there's, there's no doubt. I think that... Um, you know, I came through in a period where, where young players who, who the club felt um, were going to be good enough were given a chance and given a chance early. And I think that's what, you know, many young players perhaps don't get that. They get an opportunity. Um, and I just think the nature of the game now is that you have to take that opportunity. There's very little patience. You don't get too many chances. But I think for QPR, they've always given their young players the chance to, to, to show and and. and progress with experience and gain experience and I think that's what's needed and I think the young man will be will be a, a big player in the future and hopefully it's for QPR for a long time Okay uh, Clive it's Chris again I've just got two more before we go one sensible and one not so sensible uh, first of all Jimmy Floyd Hassel, Hasselbank described the FA Cup um, as I think was it was it an inconvenience or um Unwelcome. Unwelcome, sorry. Uh, unwelcome. Um, now he hasn't won in his first six games as manager. Uh, 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 do, you, do you think that the FA Cup should be um, t- treated a bit more seriously? I think it should always be serious and I never, never um, disrespect the FA Cup because I, I'm a great believer that any sort of cup run, and in, in particular in the FA Cup, coincides with the club doing well or improving the club's situation. You just look at Aston Villa last season. That, that's the the, uh, the example I can give, or the most um, uh, you know an opportunity where the club was in dire straits, looking like they're going out of the Premier League, have an FA Cup run. The whole club's kept alive. The way that I've experienced it is that it's not only the playing staff and the, the, the coaching staff that are excited about getting through a round of the cup and looking forward to the next opponents, but it keeps the whole club alive. Supporters. 
the people that work within the club, they all know, however your league situation is, that you've got the opportunity of another round of the FA Cup. And no, I think I don't think you should ever disregard the the importance of a of a good cup run and, and being involved in it. No, I'm with you, mate. And and the not so sensible question. We have well, we've had um, uh, two or three of the gallons on here in in the past, and uh, one of them spoke about the, uh, the the competitiveness, particularly at Christmas and family gatherings. Is that the same with the Allens as well? <laughs> oh yes, absolutely. Unfortunately, there's too many of them at West Ham supporters, cousins and older <laughs> cousins. There's always been um, there's always been a lot of competitiveness, but um, as you know, um, Brad, myself, Paul, Martin have all played for QPR, so. Um, QPR will always win out. Nice one. Um, Clive, thank you so, so much for, well, wearing that, that, that hoop shirt with so much pride for Wembley, for Highbury, for everything you've done for Rangers. And um, hopefully one day another Allen can pop up and score some goals. And um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. My, um, my two-year-old grandson, unfortunately, was born in Paris, but he's not going to play for France. And if there's ever a chance one day, maybe one day he'll pull on the uh, pull on the hoops. Brilliant. What's Good his name? Man. Uh, Bertie. Bertie Allen. Excellent. We'll look it's, out it's, for it's, it. a, it's a name in stone already, is it not? <laughs> I hope, so. I hope Good, so. Good man. Thank you so much, Clive. Cheers, really appreciate Thanks, it. Clive. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. All the best. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Well, I'll tell you what. That... That that's got me going. Just that's got me going. I mean, like instead of you going, well, you you were there. I'm just glad you didn't call him Bradley. Shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was an awkward moment last week. Um, but anyway, you uh, called him Clive twice as well. Anyway, um, yeah, because it was kind of one of the weird things. It was made out to me. Anyway, I'm not going to go into that because I'm not as good as you, David. Obviously, you're a much better host. Anyway, but going back to them days of, of Rangers being what mm. they were. To get to the FA Cup final and that side in the days that people took it seriously, oh, no, nobody knows how much of achievement that it's was. It's amazing, and the thing is as well, um, so the, the, FA, Cups. the FA Cup, as Clive said, was massive. Then you had it was the whole day, well, the whole week was building up to it. The whole, you had FA Cup final mastermind, and God knows what else. The whole channel was. I, taken I over. wasn't there, and I was too young. But the reason why I support QPR is because of the 1982 FA Cup final, yeah. because my brothers got taken there. Yeah. Not being oh, okay. QPR fans, and then they took there, went to both games, and then that continues through. So that's probably the reason. That's part of the reason why I'm a QPR fan. They had nothing to do with me. Were they taken by a QPR fan? Though? Yes. Okay. It's a good point as well, yes. and like, what what a good way to get new fans on board as well. Build the club, get to an FA Cup final, just build the mm. club's profile well, all over the world. Get a, well, get a win on the board. I know you're all off mic saying it's not six, it's seven. But what I was trying to say was it was six going into that game. Yeah. It was seven after we'd lost that game. Chris, you yeah. don't need to defend yourself. I call <laughs> um, a couple I of other things. I called Bradley Clive twice. We're you can't seven. beat that. A couple of other things. We're at sixes and sevens. He wasn't... Shut up. <laughs> he, we gave him a couple of open goals to say Les is going to do a great job. Les is absolutely the right man. He didn't... I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he didn't take them, did he? Well, probably like the rest of us, he doesn't really know. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because Les has never been in a role like this, so he can't say, yeah, he is the right man for the job. Obviously... During their time together at Spurs, he didn't see anything in Ferdinand mm. to suggest that he would be. Well, right I guess man that's that what job. I'm saying. Yeah, well, this uh, role at Spurs is much different. Everyone keeps saying about this. Chris Ramsey was more involved in youth. Mm. Les was a Tottenham ambassador. Thing he was a coach, but I think, I think, I mean, yeah, a coach, coach lit, coach, lit, yeah, things like that. But 
you know, he's he's got to earn his his crust. It's, it's such a shame because I love Le- we all love Les Ferdinand. I mean, your generation was mm-hmm. you know brought up in Les mm-hmm. Ferdinand, and um, he's an absolute legend. And I'm, and there's no question that Les is doing his best, but. The results are not good and pressure is mounting and the next two games are really, really crucial. But is Les just being... Is just doing what he's being told to do uh, in terms no. of... You don't Les, Les is in charge. Right. Yeah. But what I mean I believe, is... in I terms. But what, yeah. I'm, what I mean is in terms of the, the goalposts being moved when at the start of the season we came out... But, well, bef- sorry, you know, before the season started and it was all about youth and it was all about Chris Ramsey and it was all about consolidation which most QPR fans accepted then as we all know we kept hold of the big players blah 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 was it not suggested sort of suggestions and you know nothing concrete that the people upstairs want to get promoted uh, at all costs because you know because it's worth a lot of money to them and have they relayed that message to Les and is Les now acting on their behalf that was, that's what I mean well, I think it's a bit of both. I think from listen, I, I'm not I'm the last person to be in the know of anything. I don't hear anything. I don't know anything. I'm just looking at it as a fan. But from my understanding, that Les has full control of everything that's to do with football at QPR. Okay. Um, what that means in these day and age, I don't know. The the, the, the what started the, the the whole thing was was Tony Fernandez on Instagram, wasn't it? The kind of like putting a message out and kind of yeah. Promotion think, means everything. Yeah, I think that would have been Ooh. probably a shock to Les, Ruben, and everyone else because that was not the road we were taking. I sat in a meeting with Les and Chris Ramsey before that with, with others. And there was no way they were thinking of promotion. It wasn't what even was that? okay. What I knew was there was someone I didn't like. I didn't talk to. Um, and there, there was they said key is not. They said, used the phrase the key priority is not to. So do what did you Wigan. interpret from that meeting? Well, we've this is a, a path. We this is a subject rather that we've talked about a lot. That meeting, they made it clear we don't want to go. We don't want to go down. We don't want to do a Wigan was the phrase that they used. Yeah, yeah. And then somehow. Keeping a load of players who didn't keep us up in the Premier League made them think that we can go straight back up. But it did, did it make them think that, or did it make Tony Fernandez think that, and then tell them, right, lads, the goalposts have I the agree goals with have Paul. Changed. Les clearly runs the football okay, side. No, Harry Redknapp is a, will tell you that, yeah, because he was out on February the first last year, mm-hmm. and you know Neil Warnock who we all love a lot but kind of always looks for an angle on these things wasn't you know did his job at QPR but kind of went on and you get the feeling he probably would have wanted to hang around for a bit longer Uh, and I think Les calls the shots definitely and I'm 100% not digging out Les Ferdinand not at all nobody is but nobody is and he does need to be given time we've said this a a million times but I I was just saying I was I I felt that Clive Allen may have um being a little bit more enthusiastic. Yeah. Give no, us some I, insight. That's what I'm saying. It, Give us some insight, yeah. Well, it is a bit weird hiring your, hiring your mate, sacking your mate, and then rehiring him again, though, isn't it? But, or are you talking about Chris Ramsey He wasn't sacked. He was moved sacked. from first team Jews. And they did okay. say... They, they put did, a clause in his contract, they? did they? say at the time we're looking at ways to keep him in the club. Yeah, no, I, 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 but, but, but I mean, it, that in itself is... is, is quite strange what I don't understand is that when, when they appointed Ramsey as manager they put a clause in his contract saying mm. that if we get rid of you we can still keep you in another role so even before he'd started the mm. job they're already thinking that it's not going to work out So basically, yeah, basically, that's, that's what I mean it's, it's a bit, bit of an odd thing to do so, I mean, and again I'm nothing against I, I certainly wasn't one of the people calling for Chris Ramsey's head um, and 
you know, I, in, in a way, I think it's 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 good that he's back, but I don't know. Maybe it just suggests that he should never have been given that job in the first place. The, the, the new person has suffered because of that is Steve Gallen. Yeah, I think like Tony, we talked about last week, which is incredible to to bring back Chris and stack, sack Steve is just madness in my book. But there you go. Um, shall I lighten it slightly with Clive Allen? I, I always had a favourite fact about Clive Allen that he played for eight London clubs across two different sports. Oh, yes. So he played for QPR, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Chelsea, West Ham United, Millwall, and... London Monarchs. London Monarchs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the kicker. Yeah. <laughs> he was a place kicker, and he played seven games, apparently. I went to see London Monarchs once. It was horrible. Right, Gabe is very antsy, I can tell. He's, he's, think, he's like starting to point to an imaginary watch that he doesn't have on his wrist, which means it's time for the R's end. Anything, everything we haven't said, haven't thought of, anything else we want to add. And we will start with Mr. Chris Charles. Oh. I knew we were going to do that. That's when you give a pen <laughs> of your phone. Yeah, it is. Well, God, this has been said so many times before, but it's... It's really depressing at the moment going to QPR. I'm not going to end on that note, don't worry. But um, I didn't go to Forest, but there was the usual reports of... Um, well, Finney, I think there was some... There's, there's some half-decent support up there, wasn't there? But there was a lot of we're effing what's-it and, um, uh, and a chance of Neil Warnock or something, I, I, I believe. And I don't know. I just, I'd be head behind. It's hard to tell what was Yeah, going. I mean, I, I, you know, I've heard it at Loftus Road at home games and I can understand frustration... But it, it, I mean, it, it doesn't really help. But I mean, for the players' part, what we need is we need to see something to galvanise the support, to see a bit of exciting play for once, to see the, the, the players going for it, to see an actual striker being on the pitch. Um, but on a lighter note, I watched Pointless the other day, and this sort of reminded me about being a QPR offer, as well as Richard Osman reminded me slightly of David. Uh, <laughs> Which is I don't get that. He has brought it up before. I have brought it up before. Yeah, uh, okay. I don't know what it is, and if it's looks or voice or mannerisms, maybe it's mannerisms. And you're both quite tall. Um, but there was. I a, don't think that went down well, Chris. One of the questions was um, uh, it was to do with. Uh, Famous queens or whatever, and uh, up came the up came the thing. Which club plays at Loftus Road? I got a bit of a heart flutter, and you know, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird sort of thing that doesn't seem to happen with any other club. And I was just thinking, if it's a Man United fan watching this, they'd be thinking, so what? But I, I just think that whatever we're going through What's at the moment, answer? yeah. No, seriously, yeah. Sorry, but whatever whatever we're going through at the moment, I'm sure it's just a little dip, and um, we're all still massive QPR fans at heart and uh, hopefully in a few games time we'll all have a big smile on our faces. Yes. Um, I'll go. I'll <laughs> go. Um, <laughs> don't sell Charlie Austin QPR because... Oh, this is interesting. What would be the point? Money. But we don't need money in the sense that we don't ever do anything with money that we get. So I'd rather have the player than the money because all we'll do is toss it away overpay someone waste it on someone else Charlie is a folk hero we've got six months left of him I, I want to enjoy going to QPR it's not enjoyable watching us playing with no strikers up front at home keep Charlie Austin for, not even for old time's sake to kind of give us a chance of winning games and scoring goals or having a shot and having a shot that's Mars end Chris? I just hope that we, we, we're sitting here this time next year and we're still in the FA Cup. That would be great. That's my <laughs> <laughs> do, do, do you think this shock might actually just, just be too much? 
<laughs> Possibly, yeah. What's know. the fourth round? At least, we get knocked, at least we can get knocked out by someone in the league below. Does anyone actually or know what the fourth line. round is? What happens after the third round? Or even even in the old days when we were back in Division Two, we got knocked out in the first round. Yeah. So mm. we're consistent. We've won two games in fifteen years in the FA Cup. It, it would make really? me believe in the magic of the card. And not we scored a goal for year. three years. Luton and West Brom, is it? Uh, Finney, yours are all's end. We beat Luton <laughs> and we lost six on the Arsenal, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. And then we beat West Brom in the FA Cup. No, I think we've been in the replay. Yeah, we've been in the fourth round twice. Mm, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Finney. Well, do you know what saddens me? And I'll be honest, I won't make this long, is people saying they don't want that's to go back. That's a lie. Yeah, go on. <laughs> I can't help it. Um, it's people saying that the atmosphere is not right. They're going because they crack with their mates. They're going down the ranges because they're having a laugh. They're not going because of the football anymore. And I know we've only won five home games in a year and anything else. And I, I, like you, I, I find it quite sad that everyone's kind of shrugging the shoulders coming out of the game I mean, that was the atmosphere. On, on Saturday it was a shrug of the shoulders we lost in the cup again and then everyone's on Twitter oh, we never expected to win that why the fuck not I mean mm. why, why have we got this attitude now where losing is acceptable you should want to win every frigging game I know that reality is that you won't but can we just not give it a go and also the club need to do something to bring back the atmosphere at Rangers I keep going on about it but the atmosphere is dire and at way matches it's getting a wee bit toxic as well as long as it's not plastic flags you're suggesting I'm not suggesting plastic flags for one second young man <laughs> <laughs> I sound like Brian Clough there come on Grandad get on and with also it. Yeah. By, the, by the way my friend Mel is running a coach Mel Huckridge to um Rotherham and Saturday um, if you want to get on it please email them at mailh64 at hotmail.co.uk and um, Chris will testify they're not bad them coaches are they Chris <laughs> yeah, been on one or two yeah. but the other thing is um, what I'd like to see Rangers do as well is just stop the panic in January we don't seem to have brought anyone yet we, 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 we're, 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 we're going into alright David you weren't here last week can we get relegated let's, let's get the elephant out of the room and put him there's in, in the no table elephant. you're just trying to push an elephant in the room mathematically we can get relegated because so can most of the teams in the division we won't get relegated I don't think we'll get relegated we're not in danger please of getting God, relegated please God that be true famous last words and the, the, the other yeah. thing is if this was a film we'd cut now can we get promoted no <laughs> the, the, the other thing is by the this way is, by the way is this your I won't be long R's end <laughs> yes it is okay I was just checking it is. can I just say something funny by the way there's a, there's a fella who's a QPR what? fan it's Christmas in 11 and a half months time I know I'll be 90 one day soon as well there's, um, there's a fellow who sits near me at QPR who's, who's, who's promised to get me into the Euros for the Germany game but I've got to as dress- long as you don't sit near him again nope I've got to dress up as a cleaner Really? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I've got to, I've got to wear high vis vest and, and clean. You have to dress up as a male or female cleaner and speak French. <laughs> you never seen me in my golf days, have you? But listen, good luck Rangers Saturday. Please, please win, and good luck tomorrow night against Blackburn because we need some frigging wins. All said and done, football's quite easy. Get some results, and everyone moves lifts right off the ground. Anything else? Um, yes, I have got one more thing. Obviously, after the tragic death of David Bowie, um, I'm sure all QPR fans won't mind if we play out today with London Boys by Bowie. Bluebell strikes another night. Your eyes are heavy and your limbs all ache. You've bought some coffee, butter and bread. You can't make a thing. Cause the meat is dead You've moved away 
Don't you folks, you're gonna stay away Bright lights, Soho, Wardour Street You hope you make friends with the guys that you meet Somebody shows you round Now you've met the London boys Things seem good again Someone cares about you Oh, the first time that you tried a pill You feel a little queasy, decidedly ill You're gonna be sick, but you mustn't lose face To let yourself down would be a big disgrace With the London boys With the London boys You're only 17, but you think you've grown In the month you've been away from your parents' home You take the pills too much You don't give a damn about the job you've got So long as you're with the London boys A London boy, or oh, a London boy Your flashy clothes are your pride and joy A London boy, a London boy You're crying out loud that you're a London boy You think you've had a lot of fun But you ain't got nothing, you're on the run It's too late now, cause you're up there, boy You've got it made with the rest of the toys The QPR Podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. The QPR Podcast is sponsored by Florally Yours. Based outside Harrow-on-the-Hill train station and run by Kerry, a QPR fan, they can supply everything you need in the way of fresh flowers and plants for every occasion. QPR! QPR! QPR!